0: Mac Power Users, episode 410, Workflows with Alex Cox. Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Power Users podcast. I'm Katie Floyd, alongside with my pal, David Sparks. Hello, David.
1: Hello, Katie Floyd. How are you today?
0: I'm doing well. We're we're marching on towards the end of the year here. It's It's hard to believe.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about today's guest. Welcome to the show, Alex Cox.
2: Man, I feel like I'm amongst Mac Titans here. This is so
0: <laughs> intimidating and terrifying and I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. I think I met you in person at our Chicago meetup last year. Uh you were kind enough to come. I, you are a chi- what is it, a Chicagoan? What, what what do they call natives of Chicago?
2: Uh, yeah, that's, we wouldn't call ourselves that, but there, there's a lot of people who call us that as well as, uh, you know, like uh, being from Chi town and a whole bunch of things. It's kind of like, uh, when people say like Frisco for San Francisco, no, Uh, no, that's
0: bad. Nobody (laughs) says that. Okay. (laughs) Well, you are, our.
1: nobody says Angelino out here. Nobody says that.
0: Yeah. Well, you are our local Cards Against Humanity consultant, but you're probably most recently uh, famous for um, being a part of the trio on Dubai Friday.
2: I mean, famous is perhaps... The most generous word that could be used. But yeah, I do a new show with Max Temkin and Merlin Mann. Uh, and when I say new, I just realized we've been doing it for almost a year because we started it when uh, we were all pretty confident that the election drama was over. Um, that changed. But the idea behind the show is we challenge each other to do something strange each week and it's mostly an excuse for the three of us to hang out but some weirdness ensues and people seem to like it i
0: guess but but of course it it, it's much more than that because it it wouldn't be a, a show with merlin and and you guys if it if it was just okay we challenge you to this thanks goodbye
2: yeah, there's there's a lot of readings uh, about, well, someone called it a comedy or a political comedy show the other day. And I'm like, that is, that's not what it is. And another person called it a powder enthusiast podcast. And another person has called it the dirtiest show they've ever listened to, which okay. if any of those things sound interesting to you, please check it out. But it's really none of those things. It's just three it's in the genre of like three dudes talking except one of those dudes
0: happens to be a woman so how did how did you come to be a podcaster and then get connected with those guys
2: uh i believe it was 2013 when itunes added podcast support is
0: that correct i I think i think it was earlier than that because david we started the show in in nine is that right yeah yeah, yeah so it was I, earlier it was earlier oh i'm sorry i i meant
2: just to say 2003 sorry there you go sounds more like it yeah.
1: yeah
2: um but you know when i was in grade school steve jobs uh was a mentor and that makes it sound like i hung out at his house but you know
0: uh yeah it, it does. was. i'm like i want steve jobs I, to be my mentor yeah
2: right right so he was like a personal hero which obviously a lot of people who've been on the show and a lot of people who are in our community they have the same story they were watching the keynote and you know i was like wait wait wait!" so there's this world of stuff that's free i can listen to nerds just talk about uh cool computer stuff that i can't afford to, and just do this all day long and it's not going to cost me anything and that i just was instantly enthralled and pulled into this world and i i've been making podcasts really since then um and like i i would like upload audio via tumblr and none of it was really a podcast because i at the time it was really hard to find a place to keep your rss at least you know uh for free and then it it just sort of spiraled out of control to being a fan to uh Getting a job and building a studio and then I was a producer for uh, another show that Max and Merlin did called Top Scallops, which was a Top Chef uh, recap show, which was very boring because they couldn't remember uh, most of it. I'm kidding. It wasn't that boring. It was another excuse for friends to talk. And uh, they, but they kept forgetting facts and then bringing me on the show as like an on air producer. And then we wanted to do something again. So it, Dubai Friday happened. It's a long, boring story.
1: I think it'd be hilarious to have Merlin do a show about some a show about some TV program that he doesn't that he barely watches. I think that would be actually pretty good.
2: <laughs> I mean, I really think he should do a series about Millennium Actress, but got to work with Syracuse on that one.
1: There you go. Hey, you know, since Steve Jobs is your um is your you know mentor, I just put a, a, a thing in the show notes for you. The uh Sideshow Collectibles, the company that makes the little Star Wars toys that I buy. Um, they're making a Steve Jobs doll now. I think we, we need to get that for you. You just keep him on your desk. He can, you know, say nice things to you.
2: <laughs> now now he's uh like my ghost mentor. He he you know, he stops by.
1: <laughs> there you go. But you went to school to be a documentarian,
2: yeah, I actually went to what people would call a normal school for a year, and then um when and I was going for journalism and was like wow uh i I don't like this um and then I realized I liked telling uh non narrative stories, and that's basically what documentaries are um so i Moved back home to Chicago, went to school here, and uh, realized that, like, documentaries um, gave me an in to keep creating podcasts. Uh, And that's actually how Cards Against Humanity found me and hired me. They needed a producer uh, for—or rather, like, an assistant producer— for a show they were doing called Tabletop Deathmatch, um, and I was hired as the deputy events manager was, I think, the title, um, but we were still like a five-person company, so most of the names were, uh, and titles were made up. Uh, now, now, <laughs> now I'm technically the uh, senior AV producer, but I just put that at the bottom of my emails so that people will pay attention.
1: I I had a friend make some cards for me. It's an old Wiley Coyote joke from the old Roadrunner cartoons, where he goes to the to the Roadrunner's house and he hands him a card. He says, "Here, I'm Wiley Coyote," and it says "Super Genius" and just has his name and says "Super Genius" <laughs> underneath. He says, "So you might as well just let me eat you because there's no way you're going to escape me." And uh I, I you know, 12-year-old me, which is always present in 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 David, uh had a friend make me some business cards at David Spark, super genius, and I carried them in my wallet for years until I accidentally gave one to a court clerk one day and then <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I realized that's probably dangerous for me anyway. <laughs> um all right so so when you went into cards against humanity i didn't realize you were that early with the company but you've been with them for for years now uh what what kind of work do you do there i know you can't talk about the specific products and things because it's all super secret but to the extent you can what what type of work are you doing there these days
2: so my main job um is, that's strange. I don't really have a main job. I wear a lot of hats, um, like most people in the company. I've, wow, it's been almost four years. And this has been my only, like, big kid job because I got hired, um, The well, I... The night of, I I like this story, the night of my graduation party, I got an email from my boss um, that was like, hey, um, you know that internship you applied for? How about we just hire you full time? Um, And so it was like the the best graduation present in the world. Um, (laughs) So I've got that privilege going on. Um, But now my, so my day to day is still being on the events team. And we go around the country to different conventions, putting uh, – not just selling the game, but doing cool stuff. We've done, you know, like a pay what you want. We've done uh, – what else have we done? That's cool. Wow. Sorry, guys. Mm. Oh, um, a lot of times we'll – sorry, I'm sure you're going to have to cut some of that. Woof. Um, and sometimes we'll do something completely different, like – bring in uh, smaller games to our booth to help like expose people to new creators. Um, but the other part of my job that's fairly new is I help put on our live shows, uh, doing all the tech for that. We're a big comedy company really at the heart of it. So we do improv shows and, uh, the my favorite part of the job is managing our studio which was recently renovated um and i help like make sure that it doesn't one burn down um two people don't set each other on fire if there's any scheduling conflicts or three set the equipment on fire so really it's about putting out fires
1: and you also do video production still right
2: yeah um and we can get into this in terms of like gear and stuff but uh, we do a lot of small videos and also a lot of uh, larger, like, whenever we're announcing a product, we'll do videos, too. And I, it, it depends on, like, the scale of, like, how much I'm involved with that. Um, it used to be, you know, I, I think some of the earliest videos, Max, one of the co-creators, would just film it on, like, a flip cam, if you remember those. Uh, sure. But now.
1: Everybody had a flip for about six months.
2: Yeah, it was, it was, it was so great. Um, And, but like recently we did a video promoting our holiday uh, s- s- stunt called Cards Against Humanity Saves America. And, and we got to have Peter Coyote narrate the video for us. So yeah, that was great.
1: That, it, was great. that was
2: very, very surreal. Um, and it's just so much fun to be a part of a tiny part of our big productions as well as just doing like a small video that we put up on our, well, I was going to say our vine account, but that doesn't happen anymore.
1: If I ever met Peter Coyote, I would just nerd out on ET for like, and until someone threw me (laughs) out of the room, basically. (laughs) Um, all right. Listen, I want to talk about all that. But the first thing that's interesting about you, Alex, and, and we've never really covered this much on our show, is you are a worker in an open office. You know, we've had a lot of people on the show that work in big companies and a lot of people that work for themselves. Not too many people have worked in these open offices, although they're becoming a, a real thing these days, you know, where um, and, and I just like to kind of hear your experience with it in terms of how the technology works and, and just in general how it works for you. So so I guess why don't you start by just kind of explaining what an open office is, at least at Cards Against Humanity.
2: I mean, I feel like the way people talk about open offices now, it's almost like iOS versus Mac. Like you have to be in one camp or the other, otherwise people <laughs> yeah, just lose their minds. <laughs> um, but it's as, almost like the
1: PC Mac. It's that it's that religious yeah, yeah. for some people. Yeah. <laughs> the,
2: the I've actually only worked in open offices, which isn't isn't you know atypical for someone my age, the Millenniums, as Merlin likes to call us. Uh, But as Cards Against Humanity was getting bigger, um, the creators of the game, the partners, started looking for um, a building that we could buy. And eventually... We found this old uh, warehouse that, it, 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 but walking into it, you wouldn't know it was a warehouse. It's been everything from a candy factory to a pickle factory to a car factory, all the great factories, um, but we gutted it and turned it into an open office. But one thing that's like very, very important to us as a company and as a ton of weird introverts is that there are plenty of spaces where you can go and hide. Basically. Um, we have a ton of those little cubbies, if you will, like where you can actually shut the door, um, and take a phone call or, uh, you know, just block out any sort of noise. Um, they're not quite as soundproof as our studio, but they get pretty close. Um, we also have. You guys can put this link in show notes, but uh, two big shipping containers in our office that carried <laughs> Cards Against Humanity. This is. This is. I don't know if this story is true, but uh, I guess some of them were like the actual cargo containers uh, that shipped Cards Against Humanity at one point. But we also gutted those and turned them into things like a tea room uh one's a moroccan room which is basically a nice dark place filled with pillows to nap um or some have like more little cubbies and so it's it was kind of an exercise in okay there's this big open space but how can we fill it with as many nooks and crannies as possible um and another really
1: cool i'm looking on the google images and they have like totally tweaked out the inside of these shipping containers. It looks like mm-hmm. you could go in there and have a sandwich or take a nap even.
2: Yep. Yep. Uh, I it, off air, uh, David mentioned that it might be hard to take a nap. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. There are so many places that you could take a nap in our office. Um, yeah, I was telling
1: Alex beforehand, I, I don't know if I could work in an open office because I need to be able to take a nap once in a while. She says, "No, no, we got you covered."
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just put uh, me in a shipping container.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I wake up like in some foreign land. I mean, should I be concerned?
2: I mean, when I was, um, when we were building up the studio, I, w- I was actually kind of living in the office. Uh, there, the, the one thing that I still want, which I don't think we'll ever have, is a shower, um, which I know could get weird on a number of levels. But, but, uh, yeah, it, the, this office kind of is my second home and it's very much a privilege that like there's this spot to work that is so accommodating um, to what I do, but it's also built for kind of, hopefully any creative professional, because Cards Against Humanity actually barely takes up half of the desks in the office. The rest are other folks in Chicago who are freelancers um, in design, video, gaming, anything you could think of. We, we actually, I think, have a couple two-person companies uh, hanging around in the office, but the idea is that it can sort of be converted to whatever you need it to be.
1: Now, uh, one of the, one of the big knocks against open offices is that it's hard to kind of focus on your work because there's it's just such a circus with everybody moving around a lot. Um, how, what's been your experience with uh with this?
2: One of my favorite hashtag life hacks uh, is a little flag that I put on my monitor that simply says "Do Not Disturb," and that's it's actually really effective. Um. Because, yes, obviously it can be distracting, um, especially in our office when occasionally pandemonium will break out. Uh, but we try to keep a lid on that in terms of um, craziness happening during the day. Like, we have a large arcade machine, and it's like, okay, no no one gets to play this until after 5 p.m. Um, and, okay, nobody is going to use like no no one's going to smoke cigarettes in the office or stuff like that that's just kind of like common sense um i don't know like people need to get a pair of headphones and get over it a lot of times i think like we're we're not going to i'm never going to have a corner office and most people aren't um so i i just want people to be decent to one another i guess
0: can you describe a little bit this, the setup of the, the regular workstations? Is it, you know, just tables and everybody's lined up in tables or is there, you know, a, a little more to it than that? I know you've got these, these cubbies that you can go into and these shipping containers that you can go into and these other rooms where you can go off and hide and get away. But when you're, when you're sitting at your desk, like, is there somebody across from you, somebody next to you? Like, like, like how all up in your space is the next person, I guess?
2: everybody has their own desk. Uh, I don't, I I, I will say that when I've seen open offices as like just a bunch of people sitting at a table, that doesn't feel like an office to me. That feels like a large dining room. (laughs) Um, But everybody has their own desk in what we call pods. So typically there's just four desks kind of like almost if you were sharing them in grade school i know some people had that set up um so it's the pods are arranged sometimes like i said there's a couple like two or three person companies um they'll be sitting together or uh, a cards against humanity team might sit together like our devs sit relatively close to one another um but i mean I've never felt cramped, if that makes sense. Like, it's not like, and I should say the desks are what, I mean, they're like a typical desk you get from Ikea and like put in a bedroom. It's not, they're not huge, but they're by no means small. It's definitely the biggest desk uh, going through school and working internships that I've ever seen. So, yeah. Does that sort of answer your question?
0: Yeah, I think so. So you've got plenty of space, it sounds like.
2: Yeah. Plenty of outlets, plenty of extension cords. There should no one is wanting for like power or anything like that. It's not like you have to fight to plug in your laptop or something.
1: Is there any weird technology challenges to working in an open office environment?
2: Um. Yeah, it turns out Wi-Fi wasn't really built for uh, warehouses that have really high ceilings. Um, <laughs> it's not like you can throw up a bunch of euros. Uh, so another one of the hats I wear in my job is sort of monitoring our network. Um, like we have... Uh, Uh, sort of a like fleet of security people if anything were to to go wrong but if someone's like hey i can't connect to the wi-fi usually it's my job to be like okay what's what's happening here um
1: so you just got like arrows hanging from the ceiling
2: <laughs> i mean good. it's it's uh there there are our uh wireless access points literally are <laughs> kind of hanging they're they're literally in the rafters um and we've got different you know it's this big complicated like handoff system that a networking i t professional usually handles uh but if something goes wrong, I'm usually the first line of defense. and yeah, that's, you're there. You're it's, there. It's yeah. a very weird problem that uh, is, has mostly been solved.
1: Yeah, I was, just, I was just sitting here looking at the pictures thinking, I bet the Wi-Fi really sucks inside the shipping containers. It's like a Faraday cage.
2: <laughs> that is why those are all outfitted with uh, Ethernet jacks, including USB or uh, Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt dongles. Like all of the Cubbies have a little collection of dongles for you to need them.
1: (laughs) The Ethernet jacks with the new Macs, what are you going to do? You're just going to look at it and just scratch your head. (laughs) Where does this go?
2: (laughs) Well, that's actually another reason that I like our office is that if you need to wire in, uh, there's always a place to do that. And um, especially with some of the work I do, that can be really important. But I do take pride in how fast
0: our Wi-Fi is. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you in part by Smile, makers of the PDF Pen Suite for Mac and iOS. You can learn more by heading over to smilesoftware.com slash podcast. I live in PDFs day to day. It is pretty much the universal format for everything I do. I receive PDFs. I send PDFs. It's how we share information now. But it helps if you can do more with PDFs. And with Smile Software's PDF Pen, you can. You can. PDF Pen has an entire suite of software, whether it be for Mac, whether it be for your iPhone, whether it be for your iPad. And with PDF Pen, you can do amazing things to your PDFs, like add text, add images, add signatures. You can mark up documents with highlighting and underscoring. You can strike through documents. You can even correct text in an original PDF with editable text box. You can fill out interactive PDF forms and sign them. You can insert pages and a whole lot more. And did you know you can do all of these things from the palm of your hand with their iOS version of PDF Pen? And if you happen to be using PDF Pen on a Mac, you can do even more. You can do things like redact or erase text. You can OCR text in the document so that you can now read the text that's on a page. You can export PDFs to Word or other formats. You can even add audio attachments and a whole lot more. You can learn more about the entire suite of PDF pen products by heading over to smilesoftware.com slash podcast. And of course, because all of these products are made by Smile, they are designed to interact seamlessly together. So you can pass around and share all of your PDF documents, whether you're using cloud services like Dropbox or iCloud. And of course, Smile has optimized the new PDF version 3 for iOS so that it works seamlessly now with the new files interface to help you import, export, and organize your PDFs and allows you to drag and drop text and images between PDF pages and other apps. So head over to smilesoftware.com podcast to learn more. And thanks, Smile, for their continued support of Mac Power users.
1: Alex, we just kind of jumped right in, but uh, tell us a little bit about your gear. What, what stuff are you using to get all your work done?
2: I mean, now it seems like it's a really tumultuous time in the Apple community. And I would, I I feel like it's very strange to call uh, a community just a group of people who really like one company, but I definitely identify as an Apple geek. Um, I don't, I I try as hard as I can to never have to touch a PC. Um, But right now I, I have been cursed with the... T- two new MacBooks, actually, um, and I don't hate them quite as much as Marco Arment or uh, Stephen Hackett, but I have had keyboards fail on both of them so far. Um, so I literally have two computers just because I am terrified one of them is going to break, and I need to do my job, and I need a relatively high-powered machine to do my job, if it's uh, editing or um, a- audio or video, Um But more often than not, like a lot of people, I am doing a ton of work on my iOS devices. And I'm trying to treat all of my machines more like utilities, uh, or I'm sorry, more like appliances. So my laptops are mostly like production machines, like anything that requires a lot of horsepower. That's what those are. Um, I try really hard
1: like all the video stuff you do. I mean, I would imagine like video editing you're going to be doing on on your Mac.
2: hmm And uh, I I try very hard with l- very little success to never take my laptop out of my bag or to leave my laptop at the office. Um, and because I, I live what is called the multi-pad lifestyle, I've got an iPad, a 12.9-inch iPad Pro, um, a pencil that goes with it, and that is um, primarily used for email, administrative stuff, which is increasingly like a bigger, bigger, a bigger and bigger part of my job. Um, and I, I I know that Mike Hurley has said this, but there's so much joy associated with iOS for me, even now, if something takes a little bit longer because I don't want to pull my hair out, I will default to my iPad or uh, more often than not, really, my iPhone. There's been days where I'm working an event uh, and like out of town where my iPhone could have been my only computer. Uh, like it, if I had a, a full size keyboard with me, that would have done the job.
1: Yeah, I, I sometimes refer to it as delight, but I think it's something that's kind of hard to wrap your arms around. But using an iPad, is to me more delightful than using a Mac. And uh, I don't really know that I can exactly put my finger on why. And sometimes it does take longer, but sometimes it's more delightful, I guess for lack of a better word. But I want to wind back before we get into that and talk about your 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 heavy your heavy duty work. Uh, so you've had some trouble with the the keyboards on the um the MacBook Pros, but are they are they getting the work done for you?
2: Yeah, they're not great. Um we edit i or i edit primarily in final cut pro uh which is fine um on the new macbook pros and but logic uh which i used for audio editing is kind of um a a mess but it's always sort of been a mess in terms of crashing and exporting and that might be because now my primary machine is actually a 13 inch macbook pro and i haven't oh boy yeah yeah i've uh never (laughs) it's so strange it's just this little tiny tiny thing and so i've had to learn to step away and not touch anything when i'm exporting uh it, it which feels like i'm back in middle school with an imac dv uh which I actually loved and that was the only um desktop I've ever had uh and I'm just like okay I'm gonna walk away and again try to treat it like an appliance my microwave is only popping popcorn right now so I can walk away while it does its thing
0: now are you using the the touch bar version or a different
2: yes but I never use the touch bar um even I I tried with Final Cut and with Logic to do, to use some of their shortcuts but honestly with the keyboard shortcuts so just like so ingrained in my hands it, it it's not really helpful i i could see how maybe someone getting started with uh Final Cut Pro or Logic might find it useful but uh some of the like heavier apps i guess you call them like is it uh i isotope um It's a a denoiser for yep isotope uh, for audio that I I use very very frequently and sometimes the touch bar if I start to use it it will make the app crash like if I try to adjust the brightness yeah (laughs) I'm like okay well I really need to step away from my machine while I'm doing (laughs) this Uh, but yeah we're in, in kind of a this has been this opinion's been beaten to death, I think, but, uh, it's, it's kind of like pulling teeth when I'm using my Mac now, if I want to, you know, it it doesn't feel as smooth as it used to be. I, I don't want to say it's like using a PC, but I kind of, when I have to, when I'm at home and I need to like, change, um, a podcast file really quickly or something goes wrong and it's, uh, I have to re-upload something. It's like, Oh, okay, let's,
0: let's do this now, I guess. Um, it's, it's so unfortunate that you say that because Apple really advertised these particular MacBook pros to creatives, to people who were using logic and, and final cut. And, you know, granted you've got a 13 inch, but it sounds like you've got a higher end 13 inch.
2: Yeah, I have it all maxed out. Um, but even when I had a 15-inch, um, obviously it was faster, but the bugginess was still there. So it it, it it's a disappointment.
0: Um, Do you have any sense as to whether that is a, a hardware issue or whether that also just happened to coincidentally come? You know, like for example, have you upgraded to High Sierra? I, I'm just trying to figure out whether it it truly is the MacBook Pro. Or you know whether it's coincidental that it also happened to be High Sierra or something else. Uh, Oh, I definitely
2: think it's a combination. Um, One of the uh, my fifteen inch, along with the keyboard, uh, they found out that the logic board was failing, and I couldn't get the Apple Genius. I'm like, okay, what does failing versus already failed mean?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's that's an interesting (laughs) distinction.
2: I was like, is this a situation where you're also going to tell me to quit all of the apps on my iPhone? Like, what's going on here? Um, But they, I guess it was under a warranty and they replaced the entire laptop for free. So I almost didn't want to keep asking questions at that point.
0: I, I will tell you that I find though oh, the logic board is failing, particularly with these computers that are all integrated, is, is kind of a knee-jerk, something's quite not right here, but we can't quite tell you what it is, reaction. Because when you replace the logic board, and I'm using air quotes, um, that replaces yeah. the entire <laughs> guts of the computer.
1: It's basically a new computer, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I, I was like, okay. I'm not a huge hardware person, especially because the, you know, Apple lifestyle doesn't really make you need to you you don't need to get into the guts of your computer often. But when they say words like that, I'm like, oh, okay, great. Uh, It's like saying that the uh, disk drive is broken. Like, well, what does uh, did it stop spinning? Is it it feels like those days? I don't know.
1: So are you going to get yourself an iMac Pro?
2: Oh man, I I got so distracted as soon as um I, I guess the embargo was up and everybody started putting their impressions of it online. I and I just kept thinking this if I can somehow justify this for my work, this this is my next machine. Um I know a lot of people were upset that it starts at $5000 and like no 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 this is exactly what i want from a machine the macbook pros even if you spec them out completely maybe the most expensive you can get is $3000 um which is a ton of money but if that is what you do for your work like it spend it throws much money at it as possible and looking at the impressions of the imac pros hearing like 40% uh, speed increases like I'm just drooling over this um, and I think that would let me treat my computer uh, even uh, as even more of an appliance because I wouldn't be able even be able to take it home uh, and plus it's real real pretty I'm loving, yeah, they, there is that, loving that color <laughs> yeah um, but yeah like I said before I, I have not had a um, desktop computer since i was 12 years old and i had uh one of the original iMacs and that's always because um i want to have or at least i i think it's because i was the kind of nerd that always wanted everything on me just in case so i've always had laptops um and now with ios it's kind of like well I have the amount of computing power that I would ever need with me. So why don't I put the microwave, AKA this giant, powerful, beautiful machine in its one place. So I don't need to carry around the microwave.
1: And and it's really just a question of, do you need the ability to edit your video somewhere other than your office? And, You know, that's a big question for you. Like if you can get by with doing it all at your desk at your office, why not get a super, you know, souped up iMac or iMac Pro or even a Mac Pro next year and then let that thing really do its job.
2: Especially with the new Final Cut, um, that MK uh, MKBHD, I don't know, Marcus Brownlee, was, yeah, Mar- uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Marquez, who is a YouTuber that I really like, uh, talking about the new Final Cut Pro, which I'm also very excited about. It, it's just like, wow, it, you, it feels like you can really fly with this thing.
1: And, and next year, the, the weird thing about it is for people like you, I think the challenge is not whether you get it now. It's like... Apple has also promised next year they're gonna have a new Mac Pro, which is not gonna be an all in one. And it's gonna probably be even more upgradable. And uh, you know, do you you know, do you get on the train now with this iMac Pro or do you wait till next year where you can find one that's even more expensive and has even more power under the hood and maybe even a little more upgradability? It's it's I think it's gonna be really hard, hard for you guys to to make those choices.
2: Yeah, right now we're in a fortunate position where most of like the heart of cards, a lot of it is design, and the Adobe suite runs pretty well, uh, it feels like, on the MacBook Pros right now. Uh, so really nobody in the company actually has a desktop because the amount of power uh, we need, well, very occasionally, about every six months or so uh, i pull out an old mac pro the trash can uh, if we need to export like let's say a file the size of a billboard uh (laughs) for some things that we've done we need a mac pro for that and it's literally in a drawer behind my desk um so that's the only time we ever need to use it because with uh i and i know the um I I don't know why this happens. Um, it's probably a RAM issue, but it takes just as long to edit anything for me on that Mac Pro. The like, I don't know. The RAM's just not there, and the speediness is. It's it feels just sad. I don't know. The the delight isn't there like with iOS.
1: Well, it is an interesting time, and the thing with the keyboard on the the MacBooks is. I mean, there's a bunch of people that like or don't like the way it feels, but I think it seems it's starting to become pretty universal that the things just aren't reliable. And that is that's a big deal. I mean, you need your keyboard to work on your computer. So I hope Apple does something about that.
2: One thing that is uh, strange that I didn't even realize until a couple weeks ago is that the switch mechanic um, is the same in the iPad smart keyboards, but those obviously have like the cloth or nylon whatever covering. And I love typing on uh, the bigger iPad keyboard. It's my favorite keyboard. I don't know why. Um, So I feel like... they know that keyboard these keyboards are broken i know they will be fixed and hopefully may, maybe it is like a cloth cover situation but i i don't know i actually like the switches
0: i know i'm in the minority there no i like the sw- i like the switches too and you 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 worry about with a cloth keyboard you know the the overall durability and then do you run into issues with um uh, you know, just you know, a, a a computer keyboard you probably keep a lot longer than you do and, an iPad keyboard. Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, those are easier to wipe down and to clean. Uh, a lot of people are complaining that you know when the Surface got that leathery keyboard. Is it is it the Microsoft Surface that that has the option for the leathery it's like keyboard? A suede, a yeah, suede it's a thing fabric. that yeah. and was starting to smell. And there were other issues that go along with that. So yeah, could could be issues. We'll see. I wonder though
2: because I've I've used my iPad Pro's keyboard almost every day for the past 2 years because it's the first generation iPad Pro and there's shockingly little wear on it. Um I probably haven't used it as much as someone like Mike Hurley or CGP Gray, so I wonder like what uh what sort of problems they've had there, but i've I've never had a I've never had any lag. I've never had any keys fail, which is crazy because though it's connected by like two, like three little. It looks like three little magnets. Um, yet it's the most
0: reliable keyboard I have. It's very strange to me. Well, and this is probably not a good thing, but what I do with mine, I, I get one of those like those those Lysol or those Clorox wipes that has kind of the scratchy side to it for for cleaning, and because it's all sealed up, that's that's what I clean mine with, and it disinfects it and gets on the little grooves and then I let it air dry overnight and hmm, good news. I, I have
1: like, I'm like Alex, I have the original big iPad pro and the keyboard and occasionally I connect it and it, the typing doesn't register. Like I'll type and nothing happens. And um, I think it was a guest. Who was it? It was maybe Clayton Morris who told me about this. But I took a little alcohol swab and I just run it over the contacts on both the keyboard and the iPad, and then it works. So I guess occasionally it gets a little bit of grime on there, and if it, if one of those pins doesn't sink in, then it just doesn't type at all. That's the only problem I've ever had with it. And like you, I have typed I've typed books on the thing. It's great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, honestly, one of the most essential parts of my workflow are all the alcohol wipes that i keep with me at all times wiping not just my keyboard and my devices down but a a lot of times again many hats with the company someone will just have a small problem and i'm like oh man tom i just can't touch your keyboard we we, (laughs) we need to do something about this oh Uh,
1: that, that is kind of funny a little judgy but 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 kind of true at the same time.
2: I'm, you know what? I'm okay as coming out uh, as someone who is not going to touch your keyboard if there's Cheeto dust. Exactly. <laughs> just, just not gonna do it. Like
1: Toy Story Two, kind of, you know, kind of just gross. Yeah. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by MDM Deals, curating fantastic deals on fantastic apps. Go to MDMDeals.com/MPU and sign up for their email newsletter. We Mac Power users love finding fantastic apps that perfectly solve our problems and help us get more done. The only thing better than getting a fantastic app, however, is getting it at a fantastic deal. That's why every day, MDM Deals curates fantastic deals on fantastic Mac and iOS apps. Each week, thousands of apps go on sale, but most of them aren't worth the time or money of a Mac Power user. And who wants to spend the time looking through 2000 sales to figure out the apps they want? That's where MDM deals comes in. So you don't have to, MDM deals goes through all the deals. They handpick the best deals on only the greatest apps and then publish those curated deals over 10 places, including MDM Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, RSS, Apple news, micro.blog, and Slack. No matter where you want to get your information, MDM Deals can tell you about these great app sales. And for MPU listeners, MDM Deals is offering early access to their deals delivered by email. Find great deals on great apps by going to mdmdeals.com/mpu. And right now, over 4,000 apps are on sale for the holidays, which would be overwhelming except that MDM Deals has a special curated list of holiday deals you'll definitely want to check out the list because there are some really great deals on some really great apps, including some of the ones we've talked about on this show. As an example, I'm looking at MDM deals right now, and Linky, the app I use for doing affiliate linking, is 50% off at $1.99. Screens, which is the app I use for VNC, is 50% off. It's usually $20. Now you can get it for $10. I paid $20. You should pay $10 using MDM deals. Uh, Another great one is one of my favorite games. It's 60% off. Alto's Adventure, just $1.99. Now, these deals change every day, so make sure you go to MDMDeals.com or sign up for one of their email or other services so you can get these sent to you and find out the best deal for you. This isn't just for holidays. You can find those great MDM deals all year long. So our thanks to MDM Deals. It's a new sponsor on the Mac Power Users for sponsoring the show. MDM deals curating fantastic deals on fantastic apps. All right, so we talked about your Macs, but you also apparently have a collection of iPads. So, so Alex, this is your your moment to come clean, all right? You say multi-pad lifestyle. Mm -hmm. What exactly does that mean? How many Mm -hmm. iPads are we talking here?
2: All right, so my And you're among family.
1: I just want you to know ahead Mm -hmm. of time. It's okay. We're not judging you.
2: I know. It's Katie it's, might it's, judge you a little bit. Some of us some Katie of us might, might judge. a little.
0: That's fine. <laughs> yeah.
2: it, it it hasn't killed it's, anybody yet. It, it's mostly a safe <laughs> space. Um all right. Well I I have um an iPad twelve point nine inch iPad Pro first, first generation. Um and that's, that's still my favorite iPad. It's what I do the majority of my work on, whether it be email, spreadsheet. It's, it's my favorite way to do spreadsheets, um, both in Numbers and in Google Docs. Uh,
1: oh, wait, Let me just interrupt there for a second. So Google Docs, I, see, mm-hmm. I find Google Docs, especially Sheets, pretty terrible on iPad. It works for you.
2: I mean, they are. They are indeed terrible. But that's how much I hate spreadsheets, is that I will endure that pain so that I can use my iPad. (laughs) That is how much I hate math. Um, (laughs) But then I will have, I have the, um, what was it? Is it 9.7 inch? The the original tiny uh, iPad Pro. Um, And that is my main travel device. uh, And it's my main like home computer i guess uh, although it, we can talk about this later i guess but it's kind of been replaced by the iphone 10 um my it's also my cat's favorite keyboard i don't uh, initially they had i can't believe i'm saying this originally my cats had an ipad air just so you know
0: i'm just sitting here not judging it's fine <laughs>
2: Okay, well, I think this really speaks to the quality of these devices that they are years old and yet they're (laughs) almost
1: still So, what are are your cat's favorite Uh, apps?
2: (laughs) Uh, There is an if you go to the app store and just type in Friskies, you will get a fish game that is. uh, It's it's not on my personal iPad, so I actually don't don't remember what it's called.
1: It's
2: it's, it's on my cat's iPad, Uh, (laughs) which is almost. Uh, constantly plugged. Anyway, type in Friskies, and it's an, an amazing uh little fish game where, like, koi fish pop up, and the cats have to paw at them, and then you th- their score goes up, which I don't understand. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just keep going. <laughs> I yeah, like, well, it's, I'm like, okay. I I think honestly, like, video game pet, video game design for pets is very a- interesting. That they'd have a score me, is but, even more I'm interesting. Like, <laughs> I was like, wait, okay, this, uh, hold up, (laughs) but, but the reason I like this app is at least it doesn't make your cat interact with any sort of UI, whereas a lot of apps are, (laughs) they have levels for your cat, and I'm like, Mm, ah, I just want to set it and forget it. So I actually have that this iPad set up um, to be always on. And it's always plugged in to a thick lightning cable that my uh, cat, who's still kind of a kitten, even though he's like 20 pounds, um, he can't chew through that. And that just uh, lives there for them. And it's in like a childproof case. Uh, and then i have another ipad air that lives in the bathroom and that is purely for shower listening um and then in the original mac mini just plays netflix uh face down next to my bed um because i just need something playing in the background and i know people i know it's terrible i know it's bad i should just listen to white noise but i typically fall asleep uh listening to golden girls episodes because i know (laughs) all of the words (laughs) to that show so my my mind isn't wandering where it would with like white noise or something like it occupies my brain just enough that i can fall asleep
1: i find that um when i listen to the harry potter done by jim dale it's like that's it's, great. It, yeah. it's, so it's like wrapping good one. yourself in a warm blanket. It's like, I can't explain it. I've listened to them so many times and I I, I get it. But Golden Girls, I'm that's a little weird, I got to tell you.
2: It, it's a good show. It, <laughs> it, it was one of those things where uh, I used to have... Oh, man, I know this makes me sound... I, I am indeed a privileged person with healthcare, but this is just... Making me sound like a big rich jerk, but you know, like your parents give you uh an iPad for Christmas, and you don't want to throw it away. And th- if you sell it, your parents are going to be like, "Hey, where's the one that I got you?" So I just kind
0: of it's over there with the cats. Yeah, I'm like yep, it's with the cats. I mean, my my <laughs> parents wouldn't know if they got me an iPad. They'd be like, "Hey, is that the iPad we got you?" And be like, "Uh huh, yeah." it is they're, they're yeah. all the is same you ever get
1: home and find the cats like <laughs> spent like a hundred dollars on candy crush and they're like just sitting there looking at you
2: i mean that's why face id and touch id are so great
1: does touch id work with a cat's paw that's an interesting one <laughs>
2: Uh, I tried. It does <laughs> good, not. Good.
1: I, <laughs> uh, well, I get it. You know, the, the, you're right, though. The iPads really don't go bad. And uh, while the uh, the operating system is getting more powerful, and I'm sure some of those older iPads couldn't do a lot of the iOS uh, 11 stuff, uh, they still have some use. So I, I get it. Um, and, and you're basically, you're doing what uh, people with kids do is they just hand them down to their kids. But you hand it to your cats. I get it.
2: I do have one more that uh, one more. Oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. The cats have the original iPad Air. My partner has an iPad Air 2 that was just passed down to them uh, when upgraded to an iPad Pro. I have not bought the new 10 inch iPad. Um, I It's really tempting, though, especially now with the iPhone 10. And uh, it, it. the screen is just so gorgeous that I'm Really thinking, okay, maybe I want true tone on all of my devices.
1: It is pretty nice. Now, now you said earlier you use the nine point seven as kind of your travel iPad and the twelve point nine for kind of, I guess, around the house work. Um, so, like when you go, because you do a lot of traveling for your business, uh, do you take the twelve nine or just take the nine seven with you when you get on an airplane?
2: I just take the um, nine seven because at this point. For work events, I still do need to bring a laptop in case uh, I need to—frequently, uh, actually, at conventions, will film something, uh, like a comedy bit, and then edit, I'll need to edit it together that day f- to show during a panel or a performance that night. So, unfortunately, still need to bring the big, heavy—well, not so much heavy anymore, but the 13-inch—and um, then my iPad— Mostly serves as a mobile hotspot once um, I'm on the road, honestly, um, because so much of what I do can be done on my phone, um, especially during events where you have to uh, cater to people's needs, entertain them. And it's so much easier, even, I mean, I have to say, like... Google Docs, pr- pretty bad on iOS. But if you told me that on the with the very first iPhone, like, oh, yeah, you can totally jump into your uh, sheets and see your budget. Oh, yeah, you can totally jump into Docs and see your show notes. Like, I, I would have been just blown away. The fact that Google even allows... <laughs> Their applications on an iOS device is still surprising. Yeah, you
1: know it's not terrible. You can get work done on it. I just feel like it like it could be so much better. Because I and I I say that because I use it so often. You know that you you hate the stuff you use the, the most often. That's where you see the problems. Um, talk a little bit about that though. You you said the iPhone is kind of taking over for your nine point seven inch iPad. How is that? I mean, what what apps are are working for you?
2: I mean, uh, for years and years now, I've – hate is a strong word, Um, but I have not been a fan of the recent iPhone uh, design trends at all. Uh, The 6, I I remember being really excited. I got the 6, and I was like, oh, this is a soap phone. I drop it constantly. Um, So then I ended up using my iPhone way less and my iPads way more. Uh, and then when the 10 came out, it was almost like a Goldilocks situation because I, I had tried a Plus phone, and then uh, I, I think it was the iPhone 6s Plus. Um, bought it and then returned it that very same day because I'm like, this does not fit in a single pocket that I own. So not even the very front pocket of my backpack. Nope. Um, whereas this, the iPhone 10, it finally feels like i can get work done on a phone again not just because of the size um but it, it just feels like a device that was meant to be used and touched as often as possible like i'm shocked how much friction uh getting rid of the home button has taken away like it just feels much more fluid uh because on my ipad i don't the only time I use the home button now is to force like, force a reboot once every two years or to open it with Touch ID.
1: So how, how do you normally swap apps on your iPad?
2: Oh, what do you mean? The the duck or going home with the, the claw.
1: Yeah, the four-finger swipe thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I,
2: is it really four fingers? I thought it was five. Oh, I've always done the claw. Yeah, you can do five and just... Oh okay, Ram. yeah, That's yeah, fun, yeah. I'm rarely on the home. I, I I don't know the last time I was on my home screen of an iPad. Wow, um, but yeah, this iPhone being just a tiny bit wider, I can um, confidently text with two thumbs again. Whereas with the iPhone 5s, that was the last phone I could use with one hand, and I was so fast at typing. And then for three years, I was a disaster, and it. Feels like I have a phone that is like mine again. It's it's always felt like my most personal and intimate device, um, and for the past three years, it was more like, oh, okay, like this is something I have to do now, and which has never happened to me with Apple products. It was kind of a bummer.
1: The the par of soap phone. <laughs> <laughs> it is a it, it is nice. though. So the the iPhone 10 really does give you the the big iphone screen on the small iphone body which does open up the idea of productivity a lot more um i, I agree with you I, I feel like i get a lot of work done on it too i still really like my ipads and it might be because i'm, I'm a little older than you and i, I kind of like the text a little bigger um but the uh but it is a uh, it, the, i guess the other thing that nobody really talks about much is the processor in these new iphones is is like super fast and and I do notice that, uh, I, obviously I'm not doing video on it, but just for the, the day-to-day stuff do even just uh, editing photos, it's pretty remarkable how fast the, the, the processor is in that new device.
2: I just got back from uh, PodCon actually, which is the a new podcast convention in Seattle. And I I did the thing for the very first time where I did not bring uh, a laptop, so I, I did bring my 12.9-inch uh, iPad, but I also did a ton of recording in Ferrite on my iPhone, and then started, which is an audio edit, editor for iOS, and in my opinion, one of the most interesting uh, creative apps that I've used in, uh, s- since, like, Final Cut X. Um and I I could have gone back to my iPad to edit, but I was just doing it right on my phone. And it felt like magical again, like using GarageBand or
0: um, iMovie on my phone for the first time. Now, what was your setup there? Did you bring an external mic and do it via USB? Or or how were you getting the audio in?
2: I ended up mostly using the built-in microphone um, because it was really spur-of-the-moment audio. Uh, like I, 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 And I really enjoy... That stuff because again went to school for documentaries so I always like to have something on me um, which used to be you know a flip camera and now it's just my phone um, and I, re- I I know that the microphone isn't officially better like the hardware wasn't really upgraded but I think it was on record maybe uh, on during Fireball but some Apple official did say that they did some software tweaks to the microphone and it it sound i i it's hard to discern exactly what it is but it it's getting even closer to um like a US, even just like a usb mic like the road podcaster uh which everyone used to use so that's that's very interesting and very exciting to me
1: yeah as we uh in 6 months or so we'll be heading back to san francisco for wwdc and i i was thinking about trying to get some recordings uh, or some short interviews for this show with some of our developer friends that I'll be seeing there. And my intention, because I have a Zoom recorder that I've had for years, but I would really like to be able to just do it on my phone. And that's like on my list is like, is there a good external microphone that you can just plug into the lightning port that will improve audio? But you're right. I mean, using the built-in uh, microphone isn't bad i mean we we have listeners send comments in all the time that they just record into the iphone and they sound pretty good to me
2: i mean if you're for like sit down interviews i don't think i would ever use it because i am really finicky about that but when you're in the field like you have that the ambiance and stuff uh i think it's totally fine there are a lot of really great um quote Typical radio shows that have, you know, they're still using phone recordings. So it doesn't really take me out of it if it's like, yeah, we were in this bar and you hear talking in the background.
1: For the listeners, could you just tell us a little bit about Ferrite? Because that's come up a few times, but I've never spent a lot of time in it. Uh, how does the app work and, and what kind of things can you do with it?
2: So Ferrite is the, in my opinion, best audio editor on iOS. Um, it's also the best voice recorder on iOS, I think. It does, again, like with the software, um, you you can tell it's just a little bit crisper, a little bit cleaner than recording it directly into the voice memos app or something like that. Um, and you... I don't even know how to describe it other than what a podcast editor should be. Um, Like Logic, as most people know, was a program made for musicians. And so there's always been a lot of friction when you want to put out a three-hour-long track that uh, – or rather, three uh, three-hour-long show that just has two tracks, and they're like, but why? The software is just like, this is – no, no, I wasn't made for this. Whereas Ferrite is made for um, – you can you can tell that they were like, okay, this is for – this is made for voice and voice alone. I know that some people do do some music stuff with it, but the way that it, it truly is um, – obviously a drag and drop interface, but the precision you can get in an audio editor that uh, previously you couldn't do. And I, iOS ferrite provides that, especially if you have an Apple pencil and it's, it's like editing is a dream. I, it, I, I can't wait for the day where the iPad like pro, pro, pro is out and I can do precision editing with video. I know that we're a long ways off, but that's the dream not just for me but like most video editors that are coming up today like most people now use wacom tablets to edit because of rsi issues and just the way like video editing software works now is it, using a, mi- a mouse just gets real real tedious real fast
1: and it would um it would allow you to you know edit right on the device right on the glass as opposed to the the just you know putting the 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 Wacom pad on the table and looking at the screen now ferret is a free download f e r r i t e i just downloaded it? it yeah i i don't know ferret recording studio yeah
0: but there's some in-app purchases i was just I about
1: think. to say but i'm i'm sure once i get into it there'll be some in-app purchases but i'm going to give it a try cuz i i have heard so many people bragging about this application i guess i need to get into it
0: I'm
2: trying to even find where, I think it's like a $20 in-app purchase, um, but the everything that you can do with it, like, um, uh, I, I don't know how recently this was added, but now there are keyboard shortcuts um, that you can, it, not only do they exist, but you can customize them. So when you are, like, zooming in and out, um, which is uh, obviously, like, a great thing to do when you're on an ipad because you can do that manually with your hands but if it's just like a quick jump in i it's hard to explain just how useful that is but i've created a whole new set of muscle another muscle memory if you will for this app and i adore it
1: i know jason snell has edited some of his podcasts on his 12.9 inch ipad with ferrite i mean it's it's the real deal
2: I think now would be a good time to plug the Relay FM membership program because one of the special episodes that you get if you are a member is uh, an episode of Canvas, which is a show all about iPad use and productivity where they interview the creator of Ferrite. And there are just a ton of little gems and little workflow things that are fantastic.
1: There you go. So you not only do you hear me and Katie debating Star Wars and Star Trek, you actually get to get better at productivity. <laughs> just
0: For sure. But the Star Wars and Star Trek debate, I think, was worth it a
1: It always is.
0: This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you in part by Fujitsu and their ScanSnap line of scanners. I've been using the Fujitsu ScanSnap for years, and it has helped me achieve a paperless life. And let me tell you, there is nothing better. You can learn more and check out the entire ScanSnap line of products by heading over to budurl.me slash SSMPU. I've got an iX500, that's the the top-of-the-line document feeder scanner from Fujitsu on my desk at the office, as well as my desk at home, and I could not be happier. This is a full duplex, meaning it will do both sides of the page at one time, scanner with a 50-sheet document feeder. It will connect to your Mac or iOS device or even your Android or PC if you prefer via USB 3.0 or Wi-Fi, and scan up to 25 pages per minute, either directly to your Mac, to mobile devices, or even to the ScanSnap cloud. And best of all, it has an advanced paper feeding system, which means that it virtually eliminates paper jams. You can scan one page at a time. You can scan multiple pages. You can do batch scanning. With the great Fujitsu software that comes bundled in, the possibilities are endless. You can scan to PDFs. You can OCR your scan. You can scan to your favorite software, scan to email, scan to Evernote, scan to Google. Whatever you want to do, the possibilities are absolutely endless. If you truly want to achieve a paperless lifestyle and you want to get rid of that filing cabinet full of paper that you've been looking at for way too long, the ScanSnap line of products is the way to go. You should also check out while you're there the S1300i, which is a portable version of the scanner, a little bit slower, but small enough that it will fit in a drawer or the iX100, which is the ultimate scanner for portability. In fact, the iX500 was my pick for my holiday gift guide this year that I posted on my blog, because if you've been wanting to go paperless or know somebody who wants to go paperless, this is the must-have product. So check out the full line of Fujitsu scanners over at budurl.me ssmpu. And if you decide to buy, regardless of whether you, where you buy from, please drop Fujitsu a line and let them know you heard about the ScanSnap on this podcast. Thanks so much to Fujitsu for their kind support of the show.
1: So you do use your iPad quite a bit. Uh, Where do you, where are the sticky points for you? I mean, it is delightful, but sometimes it doesn't always do everything.
2: Uh, Definitely. I mean, unfortunately, definitely audio and video editing. Um, And at this point, um, it's not so much the horsepower. It's that the software isn't there, which is a bummer. Um, i iMovie and GarageBand have kind of they haven't been updated. It I mean they they are updated, they've but they've yeah. It's almost like uh, what was it mu- music memos uh, or whatever that was like Apple seem like th- they start on so- some sort of creative tools. Uh, I think Clips is another example where it's like yeah, this is a really cool idea, but they just don't fully implement it. Like the fact that Clips, um, which is this fun little video editor for iOS, the fact that that doesn't have an emoji in it is sh- is shocking. Like why wouldn't you just take it one step further? Um, And also, you know, there's the whole multitasking thing. It would be nice to have three panes versus two on an iPad. Um, And no one in the world seems to be able to make a good email app, Uh, but my favorite is Spark by Riedel because that has, there's a native uh, iPhone app, iPad app, and a Mac app, Um, and it works pretty, pretty well with uh, Gmail. And again, with those keyboard shortcuts, you can uh, map them to be exactly like Gmail's. Um, So even if you're using a Bluetooth keyboard on your iPhone, like I do occasionally, uh, there's consistency there. I can't think of another thing that constantly bugs me about my iPad other than it has a white bezel on it. And that I've considered getting a new iPad just because of that.
1: I get that. it
2: really that. bucks me
1: it seems like such a good idea at the time though right
2: I, you know mac mac products are supposed to be white that's what they are they're cool and I, it's it, it drives me crazy now
1: yeah i got the white iphone 10 but as a black bezel and i feel like i've just they they've got the formula now please just do this for now on on all your products I, we haven't really talked much about that, but I imagine you probably do have a bit of task management and calendaring and all that stuff you need to do, working with all those other people and the projects you're working on. What are some of your favorite tools for getting that type of work done?
2: I am, a, an, unlike email apps, I think there's a ton of fantastic calendar apps on iOS. If if you're like, a, oh, wow, I almost said mobile me. Uh, but if you are completely in iCloud, even the um native calendar app on iOS isn't too bad. Um but even even though our office kind of runs on Google Suite like most offices do, um we you, we have like conference big conference rooms where if you need to book something you do it through a shared Google calendar, same with any of the studio spaces. Uh so I have I I for a while just used Fantastical for all of my calendars. But it, it got a little out of hand because I'm on like eight shared Google calendars. Um, but what's really cool about Fantastical is you can add events to it, even if it's in if even if the calendar is hidden. Um, and for like all of my other calendars, I use calendar f- calendars five, I think is its official name again by Riedel.
1: That's one of the most popular ones for for Google Calendar. A lot of Google Calendar people like that one.
2: And it's one of the few apps that seems to understand what you want to see when you have a a weak view. Um, Like just, again, it's like that delight of like, yeah, yeah, I'm all, it's really fluid and the scrolling is, if anybody uses the native um, Google Calendar not app but it just use it, it uses it in the browser like they've really screwed up how you scroll through like days and months um so i'm very happy when i don't have to open it in a browser
1: what about a uh, task management or do you have a system for that
2: i've been on omni Focus since i could afford it <laughs> like i i actually remember um because was when it was uh, just only on the Mac. It was I don't know, like eighty. It used to be like eighty dollars. So I actually made a keynote presentation for my parents about how this would help me with my homework. <laughs> and, yeah, Alex, I used to make Alex a you're lot kind of, of
1: nerd. That's all I'm gonna say.
2: <laughs> I am, for for most of the things that I, I I wanted as as a kid, I I made a fairly successful keynote uh, presentation. Like, Hey, this is, this is why we need a dog. Um, and,
1: <laughs> and I imagine you with like a pair of jeans and a black turtleneck, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. channeling Steve. And
2: my new, new balance shoes on with Velcro. It was great. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, Oh, I am so sorry, I've forgotten, oh yeah, I'm sorry, omnifocus, um, and I brief what well, did they, they guided, it for you? oh yeah, um
0: okay. Okay. <laughs> don't bury the lead there, yeah, I was very good at this. I was just
1: thinking if my kids were smart enough to do that to me, it would work almost every time i'm i I feel like it it's like the magic sauce for for a dad who goes by Max Barkey, come on.
2: Yeah, you just make a little pie chart about um you know how lists make kids more productive in schools and yeah it was it was it was easy um but ever since then i've been using omnifocus david you obviously have an amazing tutorial um and what i really like about omnifocus is uh it can contract or expand to whatever you need um So the custom perspectives that if people don't know, like you can make OmniFocus look however you want, like, okay, I only want these tasks from this uh, context, which are kind of like tags. I'm sure people who listen to this show know what a context is, Um, but a lot of times I'll make a vacation perspective. So it's like, okay, I only want to see my movies or whatever, or I only want to see Uh, the the list of books that I was going to read. Um, But when I'm working on like 13 different projects for work, I've got, you know, all a a million different crazy perspectives for whatever I'm doing. Um, And it really, you know, I... I know that people can get a little too fiddly with OmniFocus, uh, but actually I, I almost tried to switch to Todoist, which is even, it's way more fiddly because you can like automate the entire app and then it's not even a to-do list. It's just this list of things that uh, is put into your life by other services. And De- I just- Deus
1: ex machina. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I, yeah. I, I I got off the Todoist train pretty Quickly, because it's just uh, a pain. If you want to listen to Do By Friday, there's an entire episode of <laughs> Merlin Mann and I just being really angry at Todoist.
1: It is helpful, though. You know, I'm I'm doing an experiment right now. I just wrote about it Max Sparky, where I've traditionally used kind of a defer based task system, and I I'm trying for a month or two to not do that anymore and use more of a, just a a a um, perspective based task system it's i'll put a link in the show notes but it's it's a very interesting experiment but that's what i like about OmniFocus is you feel like you want to mix things up you don't have to move all your tasks to a different app you can just change the way you use the app it's it's flexible enough
0: now in the type of work that you do are you collaborating much with other people or relying on other people to do things or handing tasks off to other people and if so how do you manage that in your system
2: my boss also loves um I, I have two bosses really. One, one who is the co-founder of Cards Max and also my co-host on Do By Friday, um who also loves Omnifocus and really understands that headspace. Um but unfortunately, as people know, Omnifocus doesn't have any sort of collaboration whereas Todoist does. Um but like I said before, we we all sort of live in uh the G Suite So what kind of happens is we all have our individual to-do lists, um, but we make, like, really big outlines for projects, um, some of which I'll, like, make an Omni outliner and then sort of move it over to just a plain Google Doc with checklists. And that is actually been the most effective, especially if a project changes drastically and we need to hand it over to another person. Like, um, Obviously, Google uh, Docs isn't plain text, but I've always been a champion of plain text because just getting data in and out is really important, especially when you work at a company at cards that moves so quickly and things change and you could have to scrap something in a minute um it's I, it, there there really isn't a good co- collaboration s- solution that we found other than regular old checklists um i mean a, a, other people in the company i'm speaking only for the events team but you know other people ha- have a lot of success with uh, trello um what's the, or Google Keep and stuff like that. It just depends on the workflows.
1: Yeah, collaboration is a different different set of problems, really.
0: I had completely forgot that Google Keep was still a thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The the only reason I I know is is because occasionally I see it on someone's desktop. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. right."
1: Um, The question is, has Google forgot that Google Keep is still a thing? (laughs) That's what you have to worry about.
2: I mean I, I wonder sometimes like I, it doesn't feel like they have a product right now that's like Google Wave. Oh wait, is Google Plus still what was it called? Uh Google uh, the
0: the the social network. The Facebook thing? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that that went down I think. I think that's gone now.
0: No, I think it's still around. I think it's just they're not doing anything with it.
1: You so you do also do a lot of traveling uh for the gig? uh any any good tips for us as a frequent traveler
2: don't uh no <laughs>
1: the,
2: i mean at at this point um anchor products run uh most of my life in terms of <laughs> like if if all of somehow anchors products like in in some strange catastrophic universe where uh all batteries like uh, every lithium ion battery i have just went away i i would be screwed um so you can never have enough portable usb batteries um and i really like anchors or whatever the wire cutter website is recommending um and you can never have too much water but (laughs) i and i was on
1: batteries and water that's a that's a pretty good it's a pretty good tip actually
2: I could I could survive a long time on um a jar of peanut butter, batteries, water, and my iPhone. Like it would <laughs> I would also be pretty content actually, <laughs> not only surviving but perhaps thriving with that setup.
1: It is funny how many of us have just gravitated just buying these Anchor products. I guess cuz they're they're on Amazon. It's like one vendor you can trust and some of them you just don't trust. Um, In addition to their batteries, are there any of their other products you use? Like they they have a lot of good travel stuff, and I think, at least.
2: Yeah, I think that um, we actually use – it's not quite a power bank. I don't know. What would you call a thing that you plug into the wall that has a million – little usb charging outlets yes Um,
1: i think we recommend that on the show about every other week that is (laughs) such a great device yeah so what it is you just plug it into the wall it's it's a little brick and it's got like five usb female ports on it and sometimes a usb-c if you buy the fancy one and you've got a a macbook you want to charge but it's like you take that with you on a trip and you can charge all your devices without bringing a bunch of little chargers you know you can just take that one thing and you're good
2: yeah. Uh, one actually really big part of my workflow that I don't think I mentioned yet is uh, all of the the multi pad lifestyle when you're selling uh, cards, <laughs> cards against humanity products at a convention, uh, you need a bunch of iPads running square, um, which is the point of sale app that most people use if they're doing digital uh, transactions in real life. Um And every time you are at a convention center, typically there's no power outlets. Like you need to pay for a power drop wherever you are. And so we only we need to spend literally like one fifth of the amount that uh, someone would have to do before because we just we don't have any credit card machines or anything like that. We just have like five iPads um, and we just swap them out with the one device. Like, it, it could literally be a $1,000 to get an outlet at, at your booth.
1: This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by OmniFocus. Manage your tasks and manage your life with OmniFocus. In the editorial portion of the show, Alex talks about how she uses OmniFocus to get her work done. I'm just like her. I use OmniFocus every day to manage my tasks and make sure I don't drop any of the balls in the various portions of my life. OmniFocus is a powerful app, but it also was adaptable to fit whatever size you need it to be. During 2017, OmniFocus got a lot of support from the Omni Group. They added a whole bunch of new features supporting iOS 11 on the iPad and iPhone, and the Mac version continued to match a lot of those features as well. So it's just really moving along well. The reason I wanted to talk about OmniFocus today, however, is because we're heading into a new year, and for a lot of folks, that's a time to think about how you're getting your work done and maybe make a few changes. If that's you, I think this is an excellent time to get into OmniFocus. Head over to omnigroup.com slash OmniFocus and just take a look at some of the sample screenshots and videos they have there showing how the application works. The Omni Group has been around a long time. They've got some amazing programmers and user interface designers and artists working every day to make these applications the best-in-breed solution. And I really believe that they've delivered the goods with OmniFocus. In my own use of OmniFocus, I've turned everything upside down the last month, and I'm trying a completely different paradigm for task management just to see how it works. And the great news is I was able to do that in OmniFocus. I didn't have to go to a different app. This application is flexible enough that if you want to change the way you want to work, the application can change with you. There are versions of OmniFocus for the Mac, the iPad, the iPhone, and even a really useful version for the Apple Watch. So no matter what device you're on, you're going to be all set. Head over to the Omnigroup.com slash OmniFocus and check it out. Download the trials. And why don't you hit the ground running in 2018 with an excellent task management system? Thanks again to OmniFocus and the Omni Group for all their support of the Mac Power users and the Mac Power user community throughout 2017.
0: Alex, we, we kind of like to wrap up the show with, with talking to our guests about some of their favorite things and those Um, So why don't you tell us about maybe what are some of your favorite things? And that can be across a variety of categories that maybe you're using with your Mac and and then we'll expand from there.
2: I mean, one app that kind of came out of left field for me was Bear, which is a note taking app for iOS. Um, I was always a like, like I said before, I love plain text. I love being able to bring whatever i have into a ton of different text editors synced on dropbox or wherever um but bear is so fast so pretty and so convenient when you're writing markdown which is uh primarily how i write and how i think um whenever i'm doing anything that will eventually go on the internet that i've pretty much switched to that as my main uh Main place to write and to think, really.
1: Um, yeah, and they've got a really nice app, uh, not only for iPhone and iPad, but for Mac as well. I mean, it's a, it's just a whole system if you if you want to use Bear.
2: Yeah, I, I actually imported, I think maybe a thousand text files into it, um, and it took less than thirty seconds. Nothing broke, and I did the same thing where I maybe three months later exported them all back into a, a folder and then checked everything in Notational Velocity and, or rather NvAlt now um, which is a great text editor on Mac um, and nothing was broken. I'm like, okay, this is something that uses iCloud Sync that I actually trust, which uh, is fantastic. Um, one thing that gets is weirdly exciting every day and feels magical is 1Password <laughs> that is just, you know, I like keeping my stuff secure, but being able to use it with Face ID, it it really feels like I'm I'm not even opening anything on my phone. It just oh god, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but it it just works. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> I get it. Uh, I love One Password, everything about it, um, and it, I, I I don't know. Um,
1: it is interesting though when you think about the iPhone Ten and Face ID, there are certain unlocking gestures where it doesn't feel any better doing it with your face or your your thumbprint. But what is it about One Password that you just there is something about it using your face that feels so much faster? I can't I can't really even explain it.
2: I mean, it it feels like, well, for a very long time, I didn't even have a passcode on my iPhone because I was uh, in high school and I didn't feel the need to have it. I feel like my parents would have been upset if I locked down all of my devices. Um, it it just is like one step removed from the process. And I just adore that. But I, I also love sort of the not just security in terms of like actually having secure passwords but the ability to keep um different identities and like my social security and passport stuff like uh, some medical information the fact that that lives in one place uh and well lives in a safe place and then really gets to live uh anywhere um especially with one password for teams now like uh I don't know. It's it's just a tiny bit of stress that's removed from my life, which adds to the delight really. Um and I'm just I'm looking on my home screen here and there's not a ton that we haven't talked about. Uh InstaPaper, I still use every day, Overcast listening to podcasts. Um I use Launch, which is this nifty little iOS app that um you've used this haven't you david um yeah
1: that was a big deal when it first came out but to tell you the truth i don't use it anymore i uh, but but yeah well tell us tell us about it though
2: um it's it's not quite an automator um but it can almost function as a second home screen like you open it up and you can like trigger an action as simple as okay create a new omni focus item or like add this uh add something to a Google spreadsheet or, uh, oh gosh, what a... I have a lot of things here that are, like, related to card stuff. But um, also, oh, create a group message, which is something that I do very often. Or uh, because iMessages is kind of a disaster right now, I have it linked to specific, like, iMessage conversations that are with, like, maybe four people, and it's uh, a temporary one. So it's something where, like, Slack isn't good for it, and email chain isn't good for it. And for some reason we found that iMessage is just the place where things should live, um, and I—I I don't know. I've—I actually have been doing a lot less automation on my iOS devices because I'm terrified of um, workflow going away, which seems to be the standard now that Apple has uh, bought it or acquired it, whatever they did. I'm—I'm I'm just kind of trying to step back in that regard because oh, no, I, that's
1: a mistake you should be using it i mean it uh, still it still I, works i mean why not have the advantage of it for now
2: that's uh, i mean i don't know i i know that um it's kind of the like the argument of oh you should get you you don't need to get used to the new um scrolling on the trackpad because it still exists which which i do i i don't use natural scro- scrolling on my mac because it i it my brain just can't work that way but i really worry about setting up all of these systems and then having like if one link breaks that chain it could be days of uh, like fixing it um whereas like i i realized I don't need to automate, automate so much on my computers because I love my computers and I love working with them. And I'm, I'm not like dissing automation in any way. Like I, I would have robots do everything for me if I could. Um, and you know, God knows that Text Expander has literally saved, um, I think, 48 hours of my life. Um,
1: yeah, it's crazy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> But uh, actually, in in speaking of robots doing everything, like the thing that excites me most now is uh, like home automation, because uh, while I love playing with my computers, I don't like housework. I don't like uh, making sure that all of the lights have been turned off and that the door is locked and all of that. And we're, you know, really early in terms of like the Internet of Things and home automation.
1: Have you gone down that road yet? Have you started putting this stuff in your house?
2: Oh yeah, I'm all in on the Philips Hue light lighting system. Um as well as uh I I have a bunch of Wemo switches. Um everything works with um, well, almost everything works with both HomeKit and oh, oh, uh I can't mm, the the lady in the t- tube am the amazon echo i forgot its (laughs) its name Um, well
1: don't say it because everybody will get mad if we say it
2: (laughs) well the funny thing about this is i wonder if anybody has if mm, well my name is alex and (laughs) it's very similar
1: and sometimes
2: when my partner and i are talking Uh, Things can get a little weird That's like the one I've actually had a very smooth transition to home automation With the Amazon family of products Except for that And you can change it to computer Which was kind of cool for a while Because I'd be Computer, turn on the Christmas lights And it was so cool But uh, I say the word computer a lot So now like... I I know that this would be really hard, but I would just love it if I could name it to something that was less similar to Alex.
1: Yeah, I I guessed it on a podcast and I just for giggles, I said, you know, magic word echo. (laughs) Why don't you buy $300 worth of peanut butter? And I just did it as a joke, you know, and the host of the podcast told me that his listeners did not appreciate it. So... (laughs) (laughs) apparently it's pretty easy to spend a lot of money with that thing. If you just say the magic word first, I'm so tempted right now, Katie, I can't tell you how much I'm tempted.
0: (laughs) Don't do it, David. The emails, the emails that we get. What
1: if we just ordered a Steve jobs doll for every one of our listeners right now? I think we could do it.
2: (laughs) This thing is still on my, uh, in, in my browser window. And I'm like, I I've seen a couple of, of these Steve jobs dolls. And this one, I gotta say, is very upsetting. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the creepy. It's, it's
1: creepy is the word I thought of. One of the <laughs> listeners sent it to me on on uh, Twitter. I am like, no, no, I'll stick with buying you know Yodas, little Toyotas instead. <laughs> I am okay. You
2: can you can see his pores. <laughs> Just <laughs> uh, well, well for, for for
1: folks who get into this, the sculpt is a big deal. They call it the sculpt. That's a good sculpt. You know, oh, but,
2: uh, oh boy! Oh, but I, oh. I, I'm
1: sticking with Star Wars. I, I I don't think I need Steve Jobs looking at me. I, I feel like he'd be judging me all the time, just sitting there looking <laughs> at me.
2: The, the one thing, well, the, 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 <laughs> I keep thinking, what would my partner think if I brought this guy into the house? I mean, I'm lucky enough that they put up with all of the crazy lighting schemes and, um, you know, almost, almost everything has a Wemo switch at this point. And we live in a pretty tiny apartment, um, cause it's just us and the cats. And luckily that makes our home pretty easy to automate and not too costly. Um, there are some products that are like less than successful. I've I've bought a lot of rip off Roombas, which not great. I'm I'm saving up for a real Roomba and getting all the if if this then man, uh Ifta is kind of
0: was a big game
2: changer in terms of home automation for me.
0: Let me know how the real Roomba goes because I, I got one but it was it's it's been about four or five years now and, and I wasn't thrilled with it. But maybe they've gotten better.
2: It's that's the thing. Like most of, um, again, like I I don't enjoy doing things in my home, and it's it's not just because I don't want to. I actually love like organizing things, but uh, I don't like things that are dirty, so I want to keep my home as clean as possible. Uh, I told you about my alcohol wipes. Actually, that's my number one travel tip: always bring some sort of sanitizing alcohol something to clean off surfaces with. Uh, but if I had a thing that could. clean my uh, like the cat's bowls automatic uh, just automatically or dispense food at a certain certain time like all of these things where that like there's icky smells or something um i'm just waiting for a like time uh a, a, a like air freshener that i can trigger like okay i'm coming home make my house smell like warm cookies even though there's definitely not any in there
0: oh that would that would just be mean to make your house smell like warm cookies and there not actually
1: be any
2: well i then you just whip out the oreos and it's like pretend everything's fine it's,
0: everything's i
1: feel fine. like that's there's there's got to be a kickstarter of a self-cleaning cat litter thing i mean there has to be it probably never shipped
0: oh no i've they, seen them i've do. seen them i just i don't think they're very
1: good
2: that, that's the thing is they're not super successful in terms of like uh if, again, I bought a very cheap one, um, but my Boss Max has, like, the the really good one, and it's great. It's a litter-cleaning robot, but there's no automation involved. So when I... Initially, I had one um, and it kind of... I think literally scared the poop out of my cats the, the because cat. I, I, had <laughs> so tim- works, yeah, I had it on a timer. Yeah, I had it on a timer, of course, but that doesn't, you know, there's no motion sensing involved with that. So if uh, the cats were using it, it would still go off. But yeah, yeah I'm always trying to, ju- just like how it was when I was younger and working on my computer, getting rid of that friction in my digital life. I'm much more interested in solving those problems in my real life
1: yeah we we have a we have wood floors in part of our house and a couple years ago we bought it was a mint it's called a mint hardwood floor cleaner and it's not a room but it doesn't have a vacuum it just pushes a cloth around but it also has oh my gosh it has the ability to like uh put uh to moisturize so it's like almost like a mop if you want to do that but (laughs) That's awesome. It, you know what? It it really works. I mean, I we've had I, we've used it so much the battery died. I replaced the battery in it, and still it's just you just push the button, and the floors are cleaner when you're done. I mean, it's not it's not the only way we clean the floors, but it it is a nice uh, way, and it, it's fun having a robot. I don't have a dog, so I you know I I think about him as my little droid. <laughs>
2: I And I know I sound like a big, I kind of sound like a big jerk of like, I want the rich people smart house. But it, it's also actually been a, a huge benefit to like, okay, turn on the humidifier, turn on the um, air purifier, like, uh, because I'm a sad little delicate snowflake who's actually allergic to cats. <laughs> and uh, Wait, so I, <laughs> most of, uh, okay, <laughs> you have <laughs> some problems I, there, Alex. Uh, I really, uh, don't worry i but that's the thing. My smart home uh turns on the air purifier, and yeah, i I don't need to take those allergy shots anymore. I just get my house to take care of the cats i need a I need a brush uh robot brusher
1: but tell me real quick how you're doing that, so you're using Amazon Echo for that, so when you're saying you know you do it by your voice, you're doing it through the echo.
2: Mm-hmm. or or i have it um timed like the uh, the switches some are wemo i think some of them are TP, tp link as well um which are they're okay they're not as good but um they have their own app and and timer system so it's like okay um i don't want the humidifier running 24/7 um cuz it's not just a waste of water but like it could get our electronics
1: they get t- moist.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but just having being able to turn that on remotely, like, okay, I'm going to be home in a half hour. Let's turn this on. Or, um, you know, the lights turning. I, I remember as a kid, I think th- this is more with like home ownership, but um, it was a very big deal to always have your lights on. Uh, as on a timer because it's like oh uh, if not burglars we get we'll get into your house uh, but m- maybe that was just a sur- suburban thing.
1: But, but to turn the humidifier on, you don't have a a smart humidifier. You just probably have a, like a switch connected to it, like a mm-hmm. okay.
2: I actually had to find the because a lot of humidifiers are great because they have a lot of buttons, but I had to find like the crappiest humidifier that would be like, okay, as long as it's plugged in, it's on. Yeah, so it has a toggle
1: switch <laughs> so you can physically throw the switch. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a
2: great humidifier, but the way I have it set up, it uh, works great great with for me.
0: So, Alex, I have one more question for you that uh, that I think the answer could be kind of interesting. Might be a fun one to end on, based on what we've learned about you in this last hour and a half. Oh God, I'm so sorry. What do you have on your desk at your office?
2: Oh, um, s- hmm. It, well, that's interesting. I've got my LG. I knew it would be. <laughs> I've got my uh, LG monitor for my that attaches to my MacBook Pro. Um and a magic keyboard a magic mouse a magic trackpad um one of those little laptop uh resty things by 12 south come on i think you're holding out on the good stuff the well and then i have a drobo uh <laughs> and what's on top of the drobo is a some a lot of Robot toys. Um, Okay, there we go. I knew it was coming. (laughs) Uh, I've got a lot of the Sphero family of products. Um, I've got some Raspberry uh, Pis hanging around, which are little little Linux, or rather, like, they're tiny, tiny computers, um, which I do very little with because I'm not a mechanical engineer by any any measure, but I love tinkering with things and it's just nice. It's almost like the uh, weird hardware on my desk. It's it's as if it was a fidget spinner um, and I don't even know right now. Like there's a lot of children's STEM toys.
1: I have intentionally kept Arduino out of my life because I know that I would fall into a hole if I if I bought one.
2: Um, yeah, I don't recommend it. Um, <laughs> listen, this is a plug for uh, Roboism, which is a show on Relay that I co-host with my friend Savannah. Listen to that if you want to hear some crazy robot building things we're doing. Um, but then other than that, I've got a Mophie charging pad, a wire, wireless charger for my iPhone 10, and as well as a tiny bin called Tech Return. So if anybody in the office has taken something from a common room that they shouldn't have it's kind of a shame-free way of saying hey please put this stuff in here and alex will find where it lives um and it's (laughs) that's so sometimes that can get a little bit crazy literally someone put a scanner in there at one point (laughs) um but yeah usually that'll fill up with like microphones or headphones or stuff that has just been uh people take it and they don't put it uh, back so sometimes things disappear from the studio and then they just end up back on my desk later
1: but the real question is do you have room for a creepy looking photorealistic steve jobs doll
2: i'm thinking that okay his knees bend so he could sit on the drobo and then i wouldn't have to say that i have a creepy steve jobs doll on my desk it's uh it's adjacent to something on my desk
1: well, well, do you see that the one on the link here even comes with the that leather chair that enters the iPad in?
2: Oh, yes, that's right.
1: So you could you could put the chair on your desk so Steve could have a seat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, God. I think we're
1: digressing, though. Uh, Alex Cox, thank you so much for coming on the show today long overdue we're so glad to have you uh so uh you've got the do by friday which is a great podcast it's it's a lot of fun i recommend it to everybody um what are all the other shows you we, we got you on now
2: um i mean recently i kind of had uh like a come to the ghost of Steve Jobs moment where I'm like, I really need to purge my life of most activities. Um, because the thing is, I tend to create hobbies that become businesses, and I don't want that in my life uh, anymore. So really, I only do by Friday, which is d o b y dobyfriday.com as well as roboism which is like i said another show on relay fm and that's where my co-host and i talk about robots technology isms and a bunch of other boring silly robot-y things so that's pretty much it
1: and you keep us all laughing with all the amazing stuff you guys are doing over at cards against humanity uh where can people find you
2: um On Twitter, I'm at Alex Cox, spelled A-L-E-X-C-O-X, not the other way. And I think I have AlexCox.me. Is that a thing that—let me check
1: you're not sure oh
2: <laughs> yes my website apparently is alexcox me that's
1: okay. cool <laughs> well good we'll put that in there too but
2: there may or may not be much there there's a. Uh, oh is this my tumblr hmm i don't know maybe <laughs> maybe when this comes out we'll see what's there uh but on, on on twitter is where people can find the most recent things i do
0: Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You can find more information about this show and view all the links to the many, many things we talked about uh, by heading over to our website at relay.fm slash MPU. Uh, We do want to thank our sponsors for this episode, Smile, Omni Group, Fujitsu, and Pingdom. Um, And remind you that you can send us feedback to the show on our Facebook group or through Twitter. The show is at MacPowerUsers. I'm at Katie Floyd. David is at MacSparky. And we will see you all next time.